The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the city of Chicago, Illinois. I, um, the CUT was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. It is led by the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells. And if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to stop by. Last week, I mentioned that I was going to have some guests on today, but I had to push them back a couple of weeks. So today we're going to talk about Neville Goddard, and I'm going to uh, recap what we discussed, but I'm going to recap it in a, in a different way because one of the things that I want to get across for all of you who actually went along with the series, listened to all of the episodes, bought the book, The Law and the Promise, and really worked it is that you were doing something that was completely contrary to the way people think. And I want to applaud you for that. It's important to realize that Neville Goddard like many people in the New Thought Movement, always pushed against conventional thinking about what is possible for people and what's not possible. To really work this concept called New Thought, you have to live in the realm, in the space, in the consciousness, in the context of it's possible. It's possible and it's doable. Now, why is that important? Because the moment you start having conversations about what's not possible, you disqualify yourself from what it is that you say you desire. Now, I want to go through a few definitions before I start really working with recapping Neville's book. And the first word I want to work with is unreasonable. Unreasonable. Unreasonable, according to the dictionary, means Beyond what can be accepted. Beyond what can be accepted. Now, why is this important? Because if you're reading the book, The Law and the Promise, he's asking you to take some unreasonable mental positions. I would take it even a step further. Jesus asked people to take an unreasonable mental position. And all great spiritual leaders to ask people to take 
positions mentally that that are normally beyond what is normally accepted or acceptable. So if you want to be a person who demonstrates the life that you desire, you have to be unreasonable. This is what faith really is, and this is how faith really functions. So when Neville is talking about imagination and faith and imagining creates reality, he's talking about being unreasonable. Can you be so unreasonable to believe that your consciousness can create your experiences? That's an unreasonable position. That's going against what people tell you is possible and what's not possible. That's going against race, age, gender, education, financial state. In other words, how much money you have or don't have. Religion. We have all that different things we pile up on people, you know, to say why they can or can't have something. Orientation, height, weight. But you have to be unreasonable. To be a faith thinker requires you to be unreasonable. You have to go beyond what can be accepted first by you. The first person that you have to be unreasonable with. And really, here's the key. The only person you really have to be unreasonable with is yourself. Because the moment you are unreasonable about your good with yourself, it doesn't make a difference what other people think or say. And it also doesn't make a difference what another person does because you understand that one with God is the majority. And that doesn't mean that I'm on God's side and another person is not on God's side. What it means is you're very clear about what God has placed in your heart to do and you're being unreasonable about it. You see the vision. You know what you want and you're being unreasonable about it. Being a faith thinker requires you to be unreasonable with yourself because the people that show up in your space will reflect back to you where you are in consciousness. The next word I want to work with is illogical. If you're reading Neville Goddard's book, The Law and the Promise, he's asking you to be illogical. What does illogical mean? Lacking clear sense or sound reasoning. Lacking clear sense or sound reasoning. Now, why is this important? People will tell you it doesn't make sense to visualize and speak the word to create new experiences in your life. But it lacks clear is lacking clear sense to the way people always think and it's lacking sound reason based upon the way people always think but as the apostle paul once wrote you got to call forth those things that be not as though they were it's illogical to call forth things that aren't as if they exist already but that's what that means call forth things that be not as though they were Call forth things that call forth things into existence that are not currently in existence. The world would call that illogical. I'm saying to work with the principles of spirituality, to work with your divine nature, to work with the teachings of Jesus, to work with the teachings of new thought, to work with this book, The Law and the Promise, you have to be illogical. There's no other way. You can't conform. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can prove the perfect and acceptable will of God. Don't conform. Be transformed. How do you do that? By renewing your mind. That means you can't be logical based upon what the world considers logical. Just allow that to land. The next definition I want to talk about is contrary. Again, we're still working with the law and the promise by Neville. I'm just not reading out of the book. I'm recapping really what he's saying. 
So the next word I want to work with is contrary. Contrary means opposite in nature, direction, and meaning. Again, opposite in nature, direction, and meaning. So to be a person who recognizes that imagining creates reality, as I see it in my consciousness, as I speak the word, as I work with these spiritual principles, I am creating my own experiences that is opposite to the nature of the human being. It is perfectly in alignment with the nature of the spiritual being, but the human being doesn't think like that. It's going in the opposite direction. Is contrary to the meaning that human beings have have given life and continue to give life. It's contrary. It doesn't make sense. This is why, again, I don't know, I guess I'm in the Apostle Paul uh, mode. When he said spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. You have to be contrary. Now. This isn't one of those uh, alternative facts conversations. Well, in other words, facts are facts. Facts change. So I'm not saying, okay, this is a fact, and you're not saying that's not a fact. What I'm saying is facts change. You get to change the facts. You get to transform and create your own experience. All right? We're not talking about uh, is that newspaper on the table or not. That's a fact. Okay, what I'm saying is you get to decide what that means and you have the power to change it by removing the the newspaper, removing the table or removing anything else that's connected to it out of your experience. So when you have the uh, recognize that your mind can not only create your experiences, but recreate experiences, it gives you a power that goes beyond what you can conceive is contrary to the meaning that human beings give life. The next definition is irreconcilable. Irreconcilable. What does that mean? This means representing findings or points of view that are so different from each other that they can't be made compatible. Again, representing findings or points of view that are so different from each other that they can't be made compatible. Wow. To really walk in your spiritual nature, your thinking has to be irreconcilable to the normal human ways of thinking. Points of views that are so different from each other, they can't be made compatible. When Jesus said, love your enemies, that's irreconcilable with the way human beings normally react. When Jesus said, forgive, that's irreconcilable to holding on to beefs, as they say in the streets, uh, misunderstandings, anger, frustration, etc., with people. When Jesus was saying that the kingdom of God comes not by observation, which I'm going to deal with later, you can't say it's either here or over there. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. That's irreconcilable with you a worm in the dust. Saying that you're a divine being made in the image and likeness of God is irreconcilable with being a miserable sinner. It just is. To take on the new thought about God, the new thought about humanity, the new thought about you, and the new thought about the universe means that you got to let go of the old stuff. That's not compatible. You can't have a God that's the way we teach it in New Thought. It is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. 
That's the first statement of faith for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And then have a God that's flooding cities and in the Bible and killing babies, firstborn babies in Exodus that are, that are innocent. You can't have both. One concept of God is irreconcilable with the other. You can't have a God that requires violence for repentance or sacrifice or the the sacrifice of violence or sacred violence or spiritual murder to redeem humanity and then talk about the new thought. They're irreconcilable. You can't talk about being a divine being made in the image and likeness of God and have issues with race. That's irreconcilable because in Christ, in this new consciousness, in this new context, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, or black or white, or whatever you want to put in. He put slave or free, rich or poor, I would put there, or whatever paradigm you, you need to, or comparison or contrast you need to use. It's unreconcilable. So when you start recognizing that you have the ability to create and form the life that you desire, that's irreconcilable with being a person who begging God for life or believing that God is punishing you in some way instead of recognizing that this is the universe that's governed by divine law. Law, divine laws have consequences, not punishment. You you reap what you sow. God doesn't decide what you sow. Therefore, God is not deciding what you reap. You reap what you sow. That's divine law. That's universal law. So that point of view is different than the normal, regular human way of thinking and being. It's important for you to recognize this at this point. That if you're going to really work with this type of material, Stop trying to put new wine in old wineskins, as Jesus would say. Stop trying to mix the oil and the water. Because some things, some ideas, some concepts don't mix. You want to be logical and reasonable? And go along to get along and conforming. New thought isn't for you. Because the real challenge of new thought is. To be the expression of God in your individual experience. Just like Jesus. If you can accept it. If you can accept it. Again, the law and the promise. Neville is saying there's a law and there's a promise. When you work it, Reverend Coleman used to say it works if you work it. Why? It's a promise to it. There is a promise to it, which we're going to get to later in the show. I got a lot of information to cover today. We're going to be rocking and rolling today. I'm looking at the time and we're close to our first break. So let me remind you that this show along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. Go on unity.fm, go to the top of the page, click on the giving button, and donate or give as your heart leads you to do so, as spirit guides you to do so. So we can continue spreading this powerful message of truth around the world 
again, I'm having people reach out to me from all over the world, countries all over the world, different continents. That's really important because everybody doesn't have access to this type of information. And if we really believe that this information can transform human consciousness, which will then transform the world, it is our responsibility to get it out. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Also remember that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page, like it. Let's make sure that, um, you know, we do what we need to do to help spread this around, spread this message around. Also, my Facebook page is probably the quickest and easiest way to get in contact with me. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I think that covers the material I want to cover. Oh, yeah, the show's on iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher's an Android app, so if you want to listen to the previous podcast on your mobile devices, go to iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you use, you give them five-star ratings on Facebook, on iTunes, and Stitcher. That is my request. Write a nice review and give it a five-star rating. With that, we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. This is Reverend Ellen Devonport at Unity Village. Unity is supporting our friends who are dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Unity of Houston has offered to be a clearinghouse for donations that it will use to help others in the area. Or you could give to the Red Cross or other agencies, or just Google Harvey How to Help. But the most powerful thing you can do is to pray. Call Silent Unity 24-7 at 1-800-NOW-PRAY or go online to unity.org. We are all one, and we will get through this together. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, I'm back. How you doing? This is Galen McDowell with Truth Transforms. I'm recapping the book, The Law and the Promise by Neville, and I'm doing it by actually giving my interpretation of what I think Neville is asking of every person who works with his material. And I'm giving an overview of what I think the New Thought Movement is also asking people. So, I have another definition. What is Neville really asking people to to do and be in the book, The Law and the Promise? The next word we're going to be working with is uncompromising. Uncompromising. It means... Showing unwillingness to make concessions to others, especially by changing one's ways or opinions. Now, in the negative sense, uncompromising can really work against you. But when you're working with spiritual principle, being uncompromising means that you're willing to stand on your truth. Are you willing to stand on your truth? Now, let me just give this qualifier because I think it's important. You can never fake a level of consciousness. I tell this to people who are seeking spiritual healing, for instance. If you're not in a space to where your consciousness or your collective consciousness working with others can make the demonstration that you desire, go to the doctor. Because you can't fake a level of consciousness. Now, now that I've got that out of the way, because I want to make sure that I'm, people aren't uh, you know, putting their medicine bottles down and not going to see the doctor. Because that space has to come from a realization that is deep within you. It's a sense of knowing that I can't explain. I've been through those experiences where I knew that I had to be uncompromising with what I was standing on. And I got the demonstration because it it came out of my knowing, not out of my guessing. You can't guess truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Know the truth. Know the truth. 
not guess the truth, not talk about it with others. Know the truth. When you know the truth, yes, you'll talk about it with others. Yes, when you know the truth, you'll demonstrate it with your life and with others. But you got to know it. You have to know it. So, again, sometimes we give concessions to others that violate what spirit has told us to do. That violate our sense of worth. That violate our dreams. That violate our capabilities. Just because we want to fit in or we don't want to stand out or we don't want to look different or we don't want to lose someone. And I'm saying everybody that's supposed to grow with you will grow with you if you are in communication with them for, and they understand where you are and why. And those who need to do something else with their souls, we lovingly let them go do that. But you have to be true to your own soul. This is what is meant to thine own self. Shakespeare said, be true. Your loyalty primarily has to be to the realization of the Christ or God in you in your own soul. That's what Neville is saying. So when you accept who you are, then you get you get on your job, which is creating the experience of what it means to be the Christ of your world. I don't say some big stuff today, but I'm being uncompromising in how I'm teaching it. I'm not making concessions. I'm just going to teach it raw. Reverend Coleman used to say, I'm going to put it on a plate, take off what you can, you can eat, and leave on the plate what you can't. Today's one of those days. Uncompromising uncompromising truth pure uncompromised truth says as Reverend Coleman would say stand up on your own two big spiritual feet know who you are so Jesus taught the same principles all of these definitions I gave are all a part of the teachings of Jesus he said it in different ways because he was trying to help people shift as well. He wrote in, I mean, he, he is stated to have said in the Gospel of Mark, which is the first gospel written in the Bible by at least a, at least a decade. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, now after John was arrested, that means John the Baptist. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news. Some translations say gospel. Proclaiming. He was proclaiming. He was proclaiming something, declaring something. When you proclaim, to proclaim something is to be bold in your stating of it. Proclaiming the good news of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled, meaning now is the time. And the kingdom of God has come near, or as it is translated, at hand. Repent, which means change your mind. And believe, except it's true, in the good news. So Jesus was teaching a completely different world than what people were dealing with. Now you got to remember, he came to Galilee, uh, Galilee and all of uh, what we would now call Israel was under Roman occupation. Not only that, uh, so they were heavily taxed. Uh, it was, Galilee was an area where uh, it was a lot of rebel fighters. So in other words, small little rebel fighters that were always fighting against the empire. So it was a land that was always dealing with upheaval. People were uh, poor f fishermen and, and and people who worked as sharecroppers. It you know it, it was a theocracy, meaning you know within the Roman domination system, you had the Jewish domination system, or what you could and couldn't do was right and was wrong, was pure and was unpure, etc. 
And Jesus is saying, oh, none of that matters. In the middle of all of that, he's saying, time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. He comes proclaiming the good news of God in the midst of what people are dealing with. How radical is that? And I'm proclaiming the good news of God to you today, irrespective of what you're dealing with right now. I'm proclaiming the good news of God right here and right now, even when your body's in pain, even when you don't have the money in your pocket, even when you don't know if the relationship is going to work, even when you don't know what the next step is. And I'm saying you don't have to wait. Because Jesus said you don't have to wait. And I'm saying if you repent, change your mind. Just Because Jesus said repent, change your mind. And I'm saying believe in the good news, accept this truth, this good news that God's kingdom is at hand. I'm saying it because that's what Jesus said. And I'm going to be uncompromising in how I say it. It's time for your life. To be transformed. It is time. For you. To stop settling. It is time. For you. To stop compromising on living. The, out the good desires of your heart. It is time. For you to accept. That you are a divine spiritual being. Not a worm in the dust. It is time for you to accept that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is time. Repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. And believe. Accept as true that it is possible for your life to be radically different. Not just different. Radically different. That's the Jesus Christ offer. Not religion and all the stuff that we put on it. I'm talking about the concept that he said in John chapter 18, verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. Mm. So he's offering you, a, he's saying the kingdom of God is at hand, but it's not of this world. What does that mean? See, people automatically tr made the... The literal interpretation of that must mean afterlife. No. What it means is Jesus was living in a different world while he was in the world. My kingdom is not of this world. You can be in the world, but not of the world. What does that mean? That means that you have to have a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift. What is a paradigm shift? I'm glad you asked. A paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. Let me read that again. A fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. Jesus, I'm just using Jesus as the context because I'm a Jesus guy. I don't hide it. Because I, you know, Jesus was a paradigm shifter. And he was also a paradigm crasher. In other words, your old paradigm, he would crash it. So I'm trying to crash yours now. A fundamental change, we're not talking about surface. We start talking about a fundamental change, you're changing the essence of a thing. It's no longer what it was. It's something new. A fundamental change in approach, in approach in how you see God, humanity, yourself, and the world. A fundamental change. In your approach, a fundamental change in your point of view, a fundamental change 
in your context for living, a fundamental change in your underlying assumptions. You have underlying assumptions. Everyone has underlying assumptions about life, about God, about humanity, about life, about the world, about themselves. Everyone has underlying assumptions. Unfortunately, many of the underlying assumptions that we have are not empowering. What is an an, uh, assumption? I'm glad you asked. Assumption means a thing is accepted as true or certain to happen without proof. A thing is accepted as true or certain to happen without proof. So we have these assumptions where we believe or we have accepted that as true, that certain things just have to happen or certain things just have to be a certain kind of way without proof. Why do you believe that? Is a question you should always be asking yourself and ask others and yourself. Why do I believe that? Is, is that an assumption? Have I accepted something as true without proof? Have I accepted that something is certain to happen? Because when you believe that something is certain to happen, you don't even try to stop it. You believe that it's just inevitable. So you have to have a fundamental change in your assumptions. If you're going to have assumptions, let them empower you. If you're going to accept something as true without proof, then Accept that you can create your life with your thinking and your word. Accept that you're a divine being made in the image and likeness of God, that you're God in expression. Accept that this is a universe governed by divine law. If you're going to have some assumptions, assume that you have the power to heal. Assume that you can create prosperity with your word. Assume that you can have loving and empower relationships and you can be in communication with people without being defensive and resistant and withholding love and fighting and all that other stuff. If you're going to have assumptions, have assumptions that empower you. What I'm trying to give you right now is a technology. But this technology only works when you take responsibility for your life. You are the captain, the sea, and the ship. You are the captain, the ship, and the sea of your life. But you have to take responsibility for everything. I'm trying to give you a technology. What is technology? Technology means the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. So I'm trying to give you the application of the scientific knowledge of the mind and spirit for practical purposes, especially in industry. My industry is teaching people how to live better life through discovering their own innate spiritual nature. That's my industry. My industry is the spiritual spirituality new thought movement industry and the technology that we give you is the science of mind capital m and lowercase m the science of mind divine mind and the science of mind how to use your individual thinking to create your life technology is also the branch of knowledge dealing with engineering or applied sciences. So we're saying if you apply the science of mind, you can engineer your life. This is why the early New Thought movement used the term science a lot. And the metaphysical Christian movement in general used it. Christian science, our sisters in metaphysical Christianity. Divine science was the original New Thought Movement group. Unity would use the science and religion together in their language. Charles Fillmore's, one of his books was Atom Smashing Power of Mind. Technology. Ernest Holmes called his movement the science of mind. 
early New Thought people used to call this movement mind science. And it's called New Thought now because in the title or in the uh, in the title is the definition. We teach you about your thinking. This is a science. It's a technology for living. I really want that to land. So when you're reading the book, Law of the Promise, or you read New Thought books in general, or you listen to New Thought preachers and teachers like myself, what we're trying to give you is the technology. But it only works if you work it. You have to take responsibility for your own life. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So I'm looking at the clock. It looks like it's time for our second break. So I will be right back with Truth Transforms. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get into some of the pages in the book that I wanted to cover really quickly during this recap, I want to let you know that next week we're going to have on the show, the author and um, national speaker, Mae McCarthy. Mae McCarthy wrote the book, The Path to Wealth, and she shows how she used New Thought Principles to start up and run million-dollar businesses. So she actually shows how, as a business person who's not a minister, but it took what we teach people and applied it as early as her college age years and just kept creating different businesses, um, you know, over and over again through her process that she gives in the book, The Path to Wealth. So make sure that you are here to listen to a person showing how to practically apply the technology. All right. So I'm in the book, The Law and the Promise now. I think that I've pretty much given my opinion about what Neville Goddard is asking of us when we read his material and to a larger extent what the New Thought Movement is also asking of us. So on page 10 in my version of the book, I'm just covering a couple of pages just to say, hey, this stood out to me. This isn't everything that stood out by no stretch of the imagination. Um, Just a couple of quick points. We, he wrote, divine imagining and human imagining are not two powers at all, rather one. The valid distinction which exists between the seeming two lies not in substance which they operate, but in the degree of intensity of the operant, operant power itself. Acting at high tension, an imaginal act is an immediate objective fact. So what he's basically saying is your power of imagination is 
the divine power of imagination and your level of intensity, what you can accept, what you can see and feel with in, with great intensity can be not not can, it can not only come into your life, but in this case, be an immediate objective fact. That's how healings happen. People go to these revivals and et cetera, or healing services or prayer treatments with ministers or practitioners or friends or whatever. And through the acceptance and and acting at high tension, demonstrations happen. I can remember um, my grandmother telling me a story about her niece who I knew uh, who passed away when I was a, a, a little boy. Um, she came to my grandmother and some of the uh, elders in the family and uh, she was diagnosed with the world caused cancer. I believe it was cancer. And uh, the story is rather old now in my brain and I'm pulling it up and I wasn't intending to share it, but we're going to go with what God gives us. And she came to my grandmother because my grandmother had the reputation. My, my maternal grandmother, Mrs. Stewart, uh, had the reputation for being a, a prayer warrior as they would call it back in the day. And, you know, she was the person you, you, you wanted to pray with you. If you were trying to get a prayer through as they called it. Obviously now we recognize, I recognize that that meant that my grandmother had a high level of faith and conviction and spirit as she understood it. And she told my grandmother that she had three small children and she wanted to live to see all of her children become adults. And they got together. My grandmother got together the family and they prayed over her. And she lived to see all of her three children become adults. Now, who's to say if she would ask for something else? I don't know. But what mattered to her from what my grandmother told me at a deep level was she it she had to be there to raise all three of her children. She she was uncompromising in that position. I have to be here to raise my three children to adulthood. And my grandmother was uncompromising in the belief that that could happen. So she wouldn't round it up to prayer, other prayer folks in the family. And they went over there and they prayed and, and hallelujah and, and shouted and whatever else they needed to do to invoke what they needed to invoke. And she raised all three of her children to adulthood. Uncompromising. So Neville was saying acting at high tension, an imaginal act is an Immediate objective fact. If you can accept it. He goes on to say on page 11. All men, meaning people, possess the power to create reality, but this power sleeps as though dead when not consciously exercised. So what he's saying is when you don't know who you are. Is as if it is as if you don't even have the power. It's asleep. It's like Jesus in the boat while the storm was going on. He's at the bottom of the boat asleep. And then he had to, they had to wake him up. And Jesus told the storm, peace be still. And it stopped. You have to wake up the power in you. How do you do it? Through your prayer work, through your meditation, through your study. I'm a big believer in not only studying, but contemplative studying. You got to have you got to have a system in place. I'm going to talk about that next week with May McCarthy. You got to have a system in place. What's your spiritual system that you do daily? What's your consistent Practice or practices. I do this every morning. I do this every evening. I do this during the day. I can remember when I was working a, um, as a kid in the grocery store, young man, rather, teenage years, 18, 19, you know, et cetera. 
And I went from being a bagger to a cashier. And one of my good buddies who was from Chicago moved to L.A. for years. When he came back to work at the store, I met him. And he was a bagger or utility clerk, as we called it, at Dominic's. And um, he ended up joining um, or becoming, like I say, joining. He ended up becoming a Muslim. And he went to the manager and he said, you know, you know, I, I want to be here and I want to work. I, I just asked one thing of you. Please allow me to pull away for one minute as soon as it's possible within this time frame or time frames to do my prayer where he would kneel down, face the Mecca, say his prayers, get right back up and work. And the manager was like, you know what? That's workable. He was a great employee. And I respected the fact that he created that reality by being the conviction of who he was. And his system was in place in a way to where he was so convinced that this is who he was and what he needed to do. That it didn't make a difference where he was. He would, I would be on the cash register ringing up people. He would go to the last cash register that was closest to the wall, get bend down where the people, where the, where the cashier would stand to ring up people and do his prayers facing the Mecca. I was like, wow. He's so dedicated to that. Now, this was pre me coming to Christ Universal Temple or knowing anything about New Thought. But what I saw in him was conviction that I respected then and I respect now. And I haven't seen that man in probably since 92, 93. But he had a system. What's your system? Moving on. Page 12. Neville says, do not bow before the dictates of facts and accept life on the basis of the world without. Assert the supremacy of your imaginal acts over facts and put all things in subjection to them. Mm, Don't bow down. Jesus said, don't judge according to appearances. Neville is even being stronger. Don't bow to the dictates of facts. Don't bow. Stand up on your truth. He goes on to say on page 13. When people say, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? He says self-abandonment. That is the secret. You must abandon yourself mentally to your wish fulfilled in your love for that state. And in doing so, live in the new state and no more in the old state. One of the things that happens when people fall in love is they move from one state to another. You have to fall in love with your new image of who you are and what you desire to experience. You have to love it. Because sometimes people will walk up to you, something's different about you. Are you in love? And you get to say, yeah, with me and my good. Then he says on page 30, jumping several pages, one must adopt either the way of imagination or the way of sense. No compromise or neutrality is possible. Then he quotes Jesus. He who is not for me is against me. When man finally identifies himself with his imagination rather than his senses, he has at long last discovered the core of reality. Covering some basics. He's he's saying, look, work with it. Moving on to page 68. Again, just giving you some quick points. He wrote, nothing is so fatal as conformity. We must not allow ourselves to be girt about by the ringed fixity of facts. He's wordplay. Change the image and thereby change the fact. Change the image. Where? In your mind. And thereby change the facts. Don't conform. Page 86. He wrote, It is possible to pass from thinking of to thinking from, but the crucial matter is thinking from, experiencing the state, 
for that experience means unification, whereas in thinking of, there's always subject and object, the thinking individual and the thing thought of. So in other words, you have to be one with your good. You have to think from your good, not look at your good. Because when you're looking at your good, you're describing it. When you are seeing from your good, you're being it. Last thing, page 89. He wrote, in the world of sense, we see what we have to see. In the world of imagination, we see what we want to see. You have that power to see what you want to see. So that's my recap of the law and the promise by Neville. I hope this has been empowering to you. I would suggest you listen to this more than once because uh, what spirit gave me, I think, is of high benefit. Work with it and contact me on my uh, Truth Transforms Facebook page or email me. Let me know how it's working with it because I want to hear from you. Let me know. God bless you. I'll be with you next week with Mae McCarthy, the author of The Path to Wealth. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Life calls upon us to be open to new ideas, new creative ways of thinking, and new ways of doing things. All of the positive changes in our world have been the result of open-minded people looking at some aspect of their world in a whole new way. You can have a more exciting life filled with wonder and glory when you keep an open mind about the new and unusual things that come your way and when you take a new look at what you thought were life's ordinary experiences. Just like the turtle who won't get anywhere in life without sticking its neck out a little, we get a lot further in life by sticking our mental neck out a little every day. You can be open to the changes in your world by starting with your own thoughts. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.